So this morning we're going to start a brand new series called The Blessed Life. The Blessed Life. That's what I have in my spirit. You know, the word blessed has been diluted. A person sneezes and we say, person goes to round table or in and out burger and you know they're sitting at the table and they're about to put that big double double in their mouth and Instagram and it says hashtag blessed you know we, we say the we say the blessing over our food and all of those are good things I grew up that way to say grace over my meals and those things are good but really the word blessing carries with it greater depth it not only deals with the favor of God and the benefits of God, but it deals with God's grace in your life and on your life. You see, God's, the blessed life is really God's favor in and on your life. But it's also God's provision flowing through your life. Then additionally, the blessed life is God's will being done in your life favor on your life, provision flowing through your life, and His will being done in your life. Oh, that's the blessed life. It doesn't get any better than that. The guys doing the beer commercial are wrong. God is right. Hallelujah. And so to look at the blessed life, we need to go back to the book of beginnings. And we see in Genesis chapter 1 where the word blessed was first used. In Genesis 1, in verse 27 and in verse 28, it's so God created man in his own image. That's a blessing right there. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. The next verse. And God blessed them. I want to stop right there. God pronounced blessing on them. God conferred blessing on them. It was His intention from the very beginning to mankind know, never know any curse. For, but for man to be blessed from before the foundation of the world. Amen? Amen? And God blessed them and God said unto them, Be fruitful. Now, where have we else we've seen that word be in Genesis 1? Let there be light. When he said be light, light is still expanding today at the speed of light, the universe is. And so, likewise, there's power in that word be. When God says be fruitful, he means be fruitful. He means increase. He means be blessed and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Hallelujah. So this blessed life is the life you and I are to live. I like what Ephesians 1.3 said. It said, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. Notice he didn't say, who has cursed us. No, he has blessed you. As a matter of fact, he had blessing and increase on his mind long before you were ever born. I mean, long before you were ever in your mother's womb, God had you on his mind. 
Hallelujah. Blessed be the, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all or with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, way back in 1828, there was a gentleman by the name of Noah Webster. You know, if you look at the dictionary today, it's probably Merriam-Webster. But Noah Webster was alive in that century, and he was a believer. And if you looked up words uh, by Noah Webster like faith or favor or uh, righteousness, you will see that he added scriptures to his definition. And so Noah Webster defines blessed as this, and I read. He said, the word blessed... When a, when a person has been blessed, then happiness, prosperity, success, favor, and plenty have been pronounced upon him. Pronounced or announced upon him. We could say it this way, it's been conferred upon him. Now the word confer means to be used when granting favors, benefits, and privileges intended to be permanent from the beginning of the time beginning of time he had you on his mind but this blessing is not just temporary this blessing and the blessed life goes beyond this life you do know that we're not always going to be doing what we're doing here on Sunday morning there's coming a day when soon and very soon we are going to see the King. And the blessing of God is going to go on throughout eternity and permanently in our lives. And I tell you what, I'm looking forward to it. How about you? Now let's look at Psalm, the third Psalm in the eighth verse. Psalm 3 verse 8 says this. Salvation belongs unto the Lord and thy blessing is where? Thy blessing is upon thy people. Thank you, Jesus. What that means is this. When you wake up in the morning, the blessing's upon you. When you go home today to watch the Raiders or the Niners, the blessing is upon you. We hope the blessing is upon them. When you go have brunch or have lunch after church, his blessing is upon you. When you lay down and take your Sunday noon nap, hallelujah, the blessing is upon you. When you lay your head upon the, on the pillow tonight, his blessing is upon you. Now, Young's literal translation, which is a literal translation of the Bible, says this, on thy people is thy blessing. On thy people is thy blessing. I call you blessed. I call you healed. I call you prosperous. I call you happy. I call you full of joy. I call you blessed coming in and blessed going out. I call you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Say with me, I am blessed. Now, if we're real about it and truthful about it, we do not always feel blessed. We may not even look like we're blessed. Why is that, Pastor? Because of our present circumstance. Because of our present conditions. 
because of some of the things that we are going through or some of the things that we've been through. How many of you have been through or are going through something right now? What you've been through and what you're going through doesn't compromise the fact that you're blessed. You're blessed in the valley. You're blessed in the plains. And you're blessed on the mountaintops. And I just have this in my spirit. For those of you that may be going through some situations or have been through some things, and there's a residue of those things left upon your life, the word of the Lord this morning is, don't quit. Refuse to give up. Discouragement is one of the enemy's greatest tools in wearing God's people down. If you did not have the potential to live the blessed life, the enemy would leave you alone. And that's why he's come. He's come to rob. He's come to steal. And he's come to destroy. But oh, I thank God for the book of Hebrews, which says in Hebrews 10, 35 and 36, do not cast away therefore your confidence which has great recompense of reward. Did you know that there is a reward for living by faith? Did you know that there is a reward for not giving up in the midnight hour? Paul and Silas experienced that reward. You know what it was? A great earthquake came and shook that prison cell up and their bands were loosed and everyone else's bands were loosed. There's a reward for living by faith. So don't cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need, now notice this, you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Now, the word endurance and I know perseverance and persistence and all those words kind of carry with it the same thought. But listen, folks, endurance is more than just not quitting. When a person is living the blessed life, they will endure, they will persist, they will persevere aggressively. Aggressively. And continually give themselves to doing God's will with all of the strength and with all the grace that He provides. If you, if you can testify to that, say amen. amen. I see hands all over the place. I know what some of you have been through. I know the tests and the trials that you've been through. But the good news is, you're still here. You're still breathing. You're still rejoicing. God is still on the throne. And the blessing of the Lord is upon your life. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. Here's what Paul said, and I like a little interaction when I preach. So I love Galatians 6, verse 9 and 10. Would you read it with me? Ready, read. Galatians, ready, read. And let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right. For in due time and at the appointed season, we shall reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. This came to me as I was preparing this message Years ago, I, I had the uh, honor of, of speaking to a group of ministers up in the city where I got born again in, up in Wilmer, Minnesota, under the ministry of Jim Caseman. And there was a group of ministers there. 
And I had a message that the Lord gave me called Keep Marching. Because every time that Jim Caseman, I would talk to him on the phone, he would say this, okay, Mark, keep marching. Keep moving forward. And he's the one that really introduced me to the word as I know it today. And so I have a lot of honor and respect for him. But I was, I was ministering and, 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 and preaching this word. And this came to me that when a person is living the blessed life, there's a gift that God has for us. And it's the empowerment and the endowment of the Holy Spirit. He said, you will be endued with power from on high. How many of you know there's an empowerment in the infilling of the Holy Spirit? And during that message, and during this message, I just got this phrase. That the blessing on your life will empower you to endure through the difficult times. The Holy Spirit will empower you and strengthen you to get up when you've fallen down. And all of us have fallen down. All of us have been tempted to quit. You know, years ago, back in 2008, there was a, a girl by the name of Heather Dornadin, and she was a celebrated runner for the University of Minnesota. And she was leading the pack during the final heat of a 600-meter race at the Big Ten Indoor Track Championship. And there was only about 200 meters left, and she was highly favored. She was in second place. She was just kind of biding her time till she would put on the steam, if you will, and win the race. But at the 200-meter mark, the, the, the front of her spike hit the heel of someone else, and she fell flat on her face. I mean, she just fell out. And you can imagine the whole crowd went, oh, no. What in the world? Oh, she's going to lose. But instead of throwing in the towel, this young woman jumped back onto her feet and began sprinting around the track, rapidly gaining speed. It was incredible. Heather ran so hard, and she began to zip past her competitors, finally crossing the finish line in first place. First place. Don't you love it? Now listen to her quote. She said this. She says, that last 50 meters? She said, I hit a gear that I never knew I had. And God gives us gears that maybe none of us knew we ever had. But oh, there's a gear living on the inside of you. There's the greater one living on the inside of you. So don't throw away your Holy Ghost track shoes. Keep running your race for the glory of God. And here's what I know about life. Sometimes in life, we get spiked. We get kicked. We get elbowed. You may have fallen. But if you've got the courage to get back up, you, by His grace, you're going to make it all the way to the finish line. We got any finishers in the house today? See, we do not want to ever minimize the fact that there aren't trials and tests. That's not the life of faith. The life of faith says, in the world, you'll have tribulations. But here's what Jesus said, be a good cheer, because I've overcome the world. Peter Lowe said this, I love this quote. He said, the most common trait 
that I have found in all successful people is that they have conquered the temptation to give up. So what are you saying, Pastor Mark? I'm saying this, that in all seasons of life, agree with God. Agree with God. He has pronounced blessing upon you. So agree with Him. And proclaim and declare the blessing of God is upon my life. Say with me, I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. He's raised you too far up for you to quit now. That came straight from the Spirit of God. He's done too many things in your life for you to be discouraged and to throw in the towel. Be like David did. Be like David did. Encourage yourself in the Lord your God. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you. And He will empower you to endure the most difficult times in our lives. Look with me to Psalm 68. Psalm 68. Hallelujah. Psalm 68 says this in verse 19. Blessed be the Lord. (laughs) I think we ought to bless Him right now. Come on, open your mouth and just say, Bless you, Lord. Amen. Blessed be the Lord who occasionally, when he's in a good mood, and you've been a good little boy or girl. No, that's not God. No, the Bible said, Blessed be the Lord who daily, he daily, what does he do? He loads us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, even the God of our welfare and our deliverance. Young says it like this, day by day does he load us with good. Didn't Pastor Tom do a great message last week on goodness? He daily loads us with good. Amen. Daily loading you with good. Hallelujah. You know, back in the 70s, I was loaded all right daily, but I wasn't loaded with good. I was loaded with bad. But God took my bad and turned it around for good when I made Jesus my Lord and Savior. It was the goodness of God that led me to repentance. Now, instead of being loaded with the devil, I'm loaded daily. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm loaded daily. With the benefits of God. Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. And so, we could say it this way because we're born again. We have an advantage. Because we're saved, we are now living a privileged life. Somebody said, Pastor Mark, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Well, neither was I. But you and I now have royal blood flowing in our veins. And with the blessing of God in operation in your life and in my life, it establishes a privileged life for us. I don't mean that we're snooty. I don't mean that we're condescending. But the truth of the matter is this. The benefits of God mean that you have rights and privileges now that you are in Christ and because Christ is in you. There are benefits of being born again. 
Now we get to this part of the message, and this is where it gets really, really good. Because I believe God's got some stuff for us. I really do. I, I, I know that we're blessed, but some way, somehow, I know God has more blessings for us. I know we're the, we are the blessed coming in. We're the blessed going out. I understand that. But I also know that there's a Godward side to things, but there's also our side. So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying this. We can open the door to more. We can. You can. We can open the door for more of God's blessing in our lives. And I want to look at a a person that you may think, well, how does this relate? Look at Luke chapter 5. I don't have a long word for you today, but I've got a life-changing word for you. If you'll just stay hooked these next few moments, I believe that it can turn your life completely around. In Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 9, So it was, as the multitude pressed him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Genesaret. So they were there to do what? They were there to hear. Thank you, Pastor Tom. What are you here for? Oh, okay, good. They were there to hear the word of God. Jesus was standing there by the lake of Genesaret. Next verse. And he saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and they were washing their nets. Now this was daytime. This was during the day. And they were washing their nets, meaning that they were done fishing and they were ready to go home. Why is that? Because they were fishing at night. And they were fishing at night because that's when the fish would bite. And so these fishermen, including Peter, they're washing their nets. They were just, how many of you have just wanted to go to the house? Anybody ever had a tough day at work? And you say, I'm going to the house and I'm going to the house right now. I've had too many of those days in ministry. Where are you heading, Pastor? I'm going to the house, and I'm going to stay there till I'm ready to leave. <laughs> but they were heading for the house. And they're, they're, they're hungry, and they're tired, and they're looking for some eggs, not bacon, but, you know, they're looking for some, some good food and good rest. They're washing their nets. You get the picture. And Jesus, in verse 3, entered into one of the ships which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. In other words, he asked him, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. So here's Jesus not forcing himself upon Peter, and he asked for Peter's help. He chose Peter to help him so that he could help people. So Peter then had a reward and a part, if you would, for allowing Jesus to use his ships. Are you seeing that? He is requested by Peter, not only of his time, but also of his resources. Now listen, 
in verse 4, it says, Now, when he had left speaking, in other words, when he was done, we don't know how long the service was. It was probably longer than this one's going to be. And I just saw somebody wake up and say, Amen, Pastor. Hallelujah. (laughs) Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Simon, because you let me do this, I want you now to launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Woohoo! And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we've toiled all the night. I'm sure he was tempted to say, Lord, don't you know that we're fishermen by trade? Hello! But he didn't. He controlled himself. He said, we've toiled all the night. We've taken nothing. Nevertheless. Nevertheless. At thy word. I will let down the net. Now get the picture. Jesus gave Peter a directive. It required a level, a level of trust in Peter's heart but also contained a level of risk. What do you mean risk? He could have looked foolish fishing during the daytime. He could have looked like an idiot. But Peter's response was first class. It was classic. And this is the response that God is looking for from all of us. If we're going to live this blessed life and see more blessings flow into our lives, we're going to have to say, Lord, nevertheless, at your word, I'm going to let down the net. Nevertheless, of what the doctor says, I'm going to stand on the word of God. Nevertheless, of what's going on in Wall Street or in this nation, we are going to trust you. We are going to give you everything that we have. Now notice in verse 6, And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude. Woo! And their net break. This was a net breaking, ship sinking, overflow blessing for Peter, but not only for Peter, but for his people that were in his life. Now, notice with me in verse 7. Read it with me. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. Woo, hallelujah. We sang about it earlier. We're living where? We're living in the overflow. Now this would have never happened if Peter had not cooperated. Peter was involved in opening the door to blessing in his life. Now, the Lord gave me some things, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I'm going to hit one this morning. There are ways that you and I can cooperate with God to receive more of the blessed life. Peter's obedience, everyone say obedience. His obedience opened the door to God's blessing in his life. Was not Peter a sower? 
But oh, thank God, he was also a reaper. Obedience was a big key. And there is much in the Bible about obedience. I woke up early this morning, and I believe the Spirit of the Lord prompted me with this thought. I will only entrust those that are obedient with greater blessings. Or, we could say it this way, I will not entrust with greater blessings to those who are not obedient to me. Now, don't misunderstand me. We're all blessed, right? We're all blessed. But there's more. There's a door. There's an opening for more. And our cooperation is absolutely necessary to receive that. Job 36, verse 11. Job 36, verse 11, the NLT. If they listen and obey God, they will be blessed with prosperity throughout what? What if they don't listen? What if they're on their iPad too much? What if they're taking too many selfies? What if they're part of the me first mindset generation? What if they don't bring their children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? What if they just say, here, here's an iPad. Go ahead. Find out what you need to find out. Huh? We cannot hear from Him with all of the distractions of this age bringing us down. It will dilute us into being blessed Christians, but just nominal. I need a word from heaven. I don't know about you, but I need a word from heaven every day. I need direction from the head of the church every day. How about you? I don't want to just go by what I think. I don't want to just go by feel. I don't want to just go by my education. I do not want to live that way. I want to trust Him with all my heart. I want to hearken to the word of the Lord my God. Hear and obey. And if I will hear accurately and I will obey, then I will spend my years in prosperity and my years in pleasure. Let's look at Isaiah 119, seeing as how that went over big. Isaiah 119. Notice this. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat what? You're going to eat the good of the land. You're going to wear the good of the land. You're going to live in the good of the land. You're just going to eat the good of the land. You know that eating the good of the land is getting your babies the best education possible that's out there? Amen. Now, I don't have a beef to pick with public schools, but I have a beef to pick with what they teach in some of them. And if your kids are in a public school, I mean, I understand, so be it, and all that stuff. But we had to pull our child out of the public school system in Los Angeles because they were pushing the world's mindset agenda. And I'm not going to have my grandkids exposed to the spirit of this age and the spirit of this world. It's enough out there already for the, rather for them to enforce it in the school system. No thank you. 
When you're eating the good of the land, that means your babies can. That means you can put them in the kind of school you want them to be in. You know, this is really good preaching. It's like Mario Murillo said, Amen, Mario, good preaching. Hallelujah. I want to eat the good of the land. Young's literal translation says, If you are willing and have hearkened. Notice that word hearkened. That word hearkened there is here. Everyone say here. Here. When you're born again, Jesus is in your heart. The first four letters of heart are here. And because he's in your heart, he gives you an ear to hear. That's why he said, take heed what you hear. What you hear where? What you hear down here. Amen? And to hear down here, you've got to be clear. What do you mean be clear? You've got to get rid of the junk. Get rid of all the weights. Get rid of all the sin. How many of you have ever looked for a tool and couldn't find it before? (laughs) Or looked for a piece of clothing in your closet? I cleaned my closet out yesterday. And I told Brenda, man, I found things in there I never knew I had. (laughs) Why? Because it was cluttered. And I had to clear out the clutter so I could put my hands on what I wanted to wear. And I think sometimes, spiritually speaking, the closet of our life, the spirit of our life gets cluttered. And so we need to remove the clutter so that we can be clear to hear. Everyone say clear. Clear. To hear. hear. Is hearing important? Was it important for Peter to hear from Jesus? YLT says, if you are willing and have hearkened The good of the land you shall consume. You're going to consume it. Two quick illustrations. Think about Abraham. Abraham heard from God. And he said, Abraham, I want you to get away from where you're living. I want you to move out away from your relatives. And as you do, obey me. I will show you where to go. That's a step of faith, man. In Hebrews 11.8, it says this. It says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive, afterward receive for an inheritance, he obeyed not, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Yeah. Yeah. You may not know where you're going, but if you'll obey God, you'll get to the place where he wants you to be. Yes. He'll get you into that place of a greater blessed life. Because here's what God had in store for Abraham. Abraham says, if you will do that, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you beyond your wildest dreams. I'm going to bless you. And not only am I going to bless you, but I'm going to make you a blessing. And I will make you a blessing to such a degree that you will be able to dispense good to other people. That's God's provision flowing through you and so Abraham did he obeyed and he was blessed but not only was Abraham blessed you're blessed because if you be Christ then are you Abraham's seed and you're an heir according to the promise 
Now, what about Jesus? How about Jesus? Let's look over at Philippians chapter 2. Think about Jesus. Here's what Jesus did. It says, In being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became what? He became obedient unto death. Now, come on, guys. He didn't need to die for himself. That's why in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was so under pressure to back off and to back down that he began to sweat drops of blood. But on bended knee, he said, not my will, but your will be done. He knew for what purpose he was born. He was born to give his life for a ransom for all. But it required obedience. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Notice the next verse. Are you ready to shout? Wherefore, because of his obedience, God has highly exalted him and given him the name, come on, which is above every name before exaltation came humility before exaltation came obedience but he was humbled and he obeyed and he was raised to the highest place of the universe listen it wasn't just for his benefit it was for our benefit because as he was raised when you made Jesus your Lord and Savior you were raised you were exalted and made to sit together with him in heavenly places. Oh, come on, somebody. Raise your hands and thank God. I'm seated with him. I'm raised with him. Glory to God. And so before there can be exaltation, before there can be greater things, greater blessing in our lives, we are required to humble ourselves. We're required to obey when we don't feel like obeying. When we may not even know where we're supposed to go, but we just head out because he said head out. That's humbling. That's humbling. That's not living according to your intellect. That's living according to your heart. And that's where he is. Oh, Jesus. Lord, help us to hear you. Oh, God, help me to hear you. Help me to obey you, Lord. Help us, Lord, as a church to hearken to the voice of the Lord our God. Help us to go up stronger and higher in you. In Jesus' name. Look at Romans 5. Do you see this? The word I got is this. Obedience precedes greater blessing. In Romans 5, 19, and I want you to read it with me. This is the last scripture we're going to look at. Ready, read. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. That's speaking of Adam's transgression. So by the obedience of one. His obedience paved the way for you and I to receive the free gift of righteousness. 
this free gift of righteousness is a gift that keeps on giving. Because the more we awake to it, the more we are aware of it, the more we have peace, the more we have joy, the more we know that we can stand in the presence of God without a a sense of sin, guilt, or inferiority. If we can stand in the presence of God that way, we can sure enough stand in the presence of our enemies with the authority of the believer and put him on the run. God requires obedience. He requires not just believing. He requires an invitation. An invitation. I invited Jesus into my heart in March of 1975. As a young boy, growing up the way I grew up, I believed. But I never knew the reality of Christ in my life until I opened up this door right here. This door in my heart that had been closed for so many years. I heard the word and I opened up right here. And I said, Jesus, if you'll take me like I am, I'll come to you and receive you. And he did. Just as I am. But he never leaves us just as we are. He puts his love his life and his grace into our heart. Perhaps you're here this morning and there's just that little door of obedience. There's that little switch that you need to turn on and open up and say, Lord, I've tried to do it myself for all these years. I will no longer attempt to live my life by my own strength, by my own grace. Is every head is bowed and every eye is closed.